Pride Month is a time to celebrate the various identities that make up our wonderful and diverse community. It is also a time to reflect on and honor the powerful contributions of those who've come before us. We stand on the shoulders of giants. James Baldwin, Larry Kramer, Bayard Rustin, Sylvia Rivera, and Marsha P. Johnson. To them and countless other trailblazers, we are humbly indebted and forever grateful. If you'd like more information on the movement or recommendations on how you can help, go to blacklivesmatter.com partners. In these dark and difficult times, we hope that this episode brings you a little bit of joy and light. Welcome to this special Pride Month episode of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Will. Sarah Wendell has been running the review blog Smart Bitches Trashy Books for more than a decade. She joined us here on the Big Gay Fiction Podcast in episode 155, and we even made an appearance on her show, Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I literally cannot think of another person on earth who is more passionate and knowledgeable about the romance genre. Today, along with a special guest, she has some recommended reads for the month of Pride. I am so pleased to welcome Sarah Wendell to our Pride celebration, and you have someone special sitting here with you. I do. This is my son, Max, of whom I am very proud. Hello, Max. Welcome to the show. Excited to have you here for this, too. And I have—I hear that you have a book that you want to share that you would recommend for Pride Month. Yes, I do. It's not necessarily about someone who is queer, but it... Oh, no, they're pretty queer. Eh, eh. Debatable. <laughs> they, none of them necessarily say that they are relatively queer, but it's basically just about someone being who they who they feel they are. It's called The Prince and the Dressmaker. It looks like this. That's a good cover. And it is a good cover. Such a good book. So what's it about? It's about a prince and a dressmaker. The prince is basically gender fluid, I guess, in a way. There's actually a quote in the book. I don't know where it is, but if I find it, I can say it. It's He says, sometimes I feel like a prince who I meant to like lead armies and stuff. And sometimes I feel like a princess. And then that introduces how at night he goes out with a different name and does, I think like fashion stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That. And it's a fun book. It's a graphic novel and it's gorgeous. It's surprisingly really heavy. Yes. Like it's like, it? it's like 10 pounds. <laughs> Feels like it. <laughs> So what did you like about reading it? The characters, the art, and the story arc. They're all just good. There isn't really anything bad about the book, unless you care about gender fluid, which I don't. What did this book mean to you as you read it? It made me think more about myself and like who I am as a person. And it just made me feel like happy with life for some reason. Like You don't have to care about what other people think of you to have fun in life, necessarily. Mm -hmm. So, that, yeah. That's as much as everybody needs, I think. Definitely. So, in this Pride Month, what does Pride mean to you? Uh, personally, Pride is just thinking about yourself positively and showing that you're not scared to say, this is me. And then, like, there's gay pride, which is you're proud to be yourself in which you like a different gender. Your gender. And then there's just a bunch of different versions of that where pride is just showing that you don't care what other people think that you're being yourself. And 
to me, that's just how I try to act in general because I'm myself. Do I need to be someone else? It's not necessarily. And we want you to be who you are. Yeah. Well, I love your book, and I love how you think about pride, too. I'm so glad you came to talk to us about this. It means a lot that you took some time to come on the show and, and tell our, our listeners about that book. So tell us. I, we want to hear from you also on, on some LGBTQ books that you've read in your vast history of reading with the podcast. Oh, man. What are some books that would stand out to you to talk about for Pride Month? Okay, I have a couple because, you know, you asked me for some. So the first one I want to recommend is called Edge of Glory by Rachel Spangler. This was reviewed by Tara Scott, who reviews for, for my first Smart Bitches. And when she read it and reviewed it, I edit all of the reviews that go up on the site. Everything, all the, edit, all the editorial is done by me. So I read every review. And then, of course, I read more books because it's a, you know, danger of my job. And I went and read this book and loved it. I, I even did on my Instagram, I did a recreation of the cover. In the cover, it's a snowboarder standing with her back to the camera holding her board. And I also snowboard. So this was entirely my catnip. It is about a professional downhill skier and a professional snowboarder who are both trying to get back into the Olympics. Both of them are aging out of the area in which they can compete professionally. The skier is coming back from an injury. The snowboarder is like trying one last time to be in the Olympics. But the thing that I love about this book is that it's a sports romance and it's a queer romance. These women are, they're, they're lesbians, but they are also, they also have these incredibly complicated powerful relationships with their own bodies because they're professional athletes. Mm -hmm. There's one scene where the snowboarder, uh, Corey, she hosts a cheat night for athletes where they get to eat whatever. There's this huge buffet of, of food. And I understand from Tara that the author, Rachel Spangler, actually interviewed Olympic snowboarders for this. And this is something that they actually do. So they'll have a whole buffet of macaroni and cheese and burgers and all of the things that they're not usually allowed to eat, but in tiny, tiny little portions. So you don't gorge yourself and get sick. You have this whole plate of a million little tiny portions of all the foods you're not allowed to eat. Then you really, really enjoy them and you don't feel like you're going to be really, really sick. And they have this wonderful relationship with how they think about their bodies and how they think about themselves. And there's, it's a wonderful romance, but it's also a really good sports romance. And it's a sport that I love. I love snowboarding. So it's one of my favorite books that I read, having been introduced to it through one of my reviewers. That's awesome. And I love this I idea love of the, story. it's a whole new spin on tapas at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's like little cups of macaroni and cheese and, and like ribs. And I'm like, now I'm hungry. Uh, it, we've been doing a lot of cooking in the quarantine times. Like tonight we're making homemade pasta. We made, Max and I made a skillet chocolate chip cookie and a cast iron skillet for dessert tonight. Um, so I'm all about the food porn. Yeah, it's all good. So what else do you have for us? The book I want to recommend next is called Labyrinth Lost by Zoraida Cordova. It is... In 2016 books, I think it has had a bunch of different covers. So you may have seen this book looking different ways. It is a fantasy with mythology, with witches, and queer protagonists. And it's 
gorgeous. There is an epic quest. There are witches based in Brooklyn, very heavily influenced by Latin American magic. It is gorgeous, also a little bit of food porn, but there is so much generational power at work that it's it's gorgeous. It's an absolutely gorgeous book. So I, I highly recommend that for anyone who likes paranormal, which is Latin American culture, brujas, and queer retellings of epic fantasy quest stories. It's so good. There's so much wrapped up in that. And, and oh, just yeah. from a diversity standpoint, it's it's awesome. Oh, yeah. And you kind of had me hooked at Witches in Brooklyn. <laughs> I mean, even beyond everything else. Yeah. It's so good. It's such a such a good book. And I think the sequel is either out or out soon. There are so many book like I can look it up right now because, you know, Googling during the podcast is something that I've gotten used to having to do. Okay, so maybe I'm wrong. Then there's three now. Wow, I'm behind. So Bruja Born is out, came out in October 2019. The one that I'm thinking of is the third one, Wayward Witch, which is going to come out in September of 2020. So there's Labyrinth Lost, Bruja Born, and Wayward Witch, which comes out sometime this year. It's, it's such a good, good series. If you like fantasy and adventure and witches and, and young women with power who are trying to figure out what to do with all of that power, plus queerness, plus Latinx culture, it's superb. Fantastic. Boy, you're adding to my TBR here, which was not my intention. <laughs> I'm a very expensive person to know, and I'm very sorry about that. Anything else you got? Yeah, got one more. One more. Got one more. So the third one is perfect if you need the kind of book that will really absorb you into a completely different world so that you can mentally go there instead of being where you are, which I think a lot of people want right now. It is from Tor. It is called Silver in the Wood by Emily Tesh. And it is a queer retelling of the Green Man myth. It is gorgeous it is so atmospheric it will suck you in and you will mentally be where the story is it has this very quiet sort of frightening ominous quality to the woods the the, the woods in the setting are a character and like the other one although i did look this up in advance the sequel is called Drowned Country, and I believe it has been moved to August this year, although it may move again into September, depending on how long the quarantines last. So it is it is a duology. So part two of the Green Hollow duology will be out in the late summer, early fall. It is absolutely gorgeous and atmospheric. One of the characters is the wild man of Green Hollow Wood for 400 years. So he is this mythical creature in and of himself. And it's it's hard to, to, to sort of get into the details without spoiling. So I'm going to be really weird and really vague. Sorry. Okay. I, have to, I understand um, how that goes sometimes. Right. But the Tobias is, he might as well be part of the woods. He is so very much part of the environment. And then a young man named Henry Silver, who is lord of the manor and young and brash and curious and handsome and also a folklorist turns up at his door in a rainstorm and tobias has to take him in so here's this person who studies folklore meeting a man who is himself folklore so there's all of these levels to their interactions and it's just so gorgeous it is the kind of story that will wrap you up 
and take you where the story is happening, which is an experience that I personally really like right now. Yeah, me too. Anything to escape. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally, totally. And Tobias isn't really used to humans. So there's a lot of like, he's been alone for a really long time. So there's there's a lot of character. There's a lot of moments where he's like, what, what, how do I person? How do I? do that and I also understand that feeling too it's beautiful it's an absolutely beautiful book boy between you and Max you've given us a lot to 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 think about and to add to our pride reading lists for sure oh and I want to make sure to mention that this book was also introduced to me by one of my reviewers Catherine Heloise read this and was like this she she reviewed it and the grade that she gave it was a squee so I had to read this one as well. So I am very lucky in that I get introduced to books by people and then I get to introduce books to other people. And Max has The Prince and the Dressmaker because when I do bookstore events, I always buy books for my kids because I don't know about you, but I have plenty of books of my own. So he got that from East City Bookshop in DC who led me right to it and said, this is a book your son would love. And they were totally right. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty pleased with that. So, of course, have to ask in, in, in Pride Month, what does Pride mean to you? Oh, man. For as, as a parent of children who identify on various parts of the queer spectrum, it means that I have to be six times as ferocious as I usually am to defend and protect my kids' ability to be who they are with as much love and affection for the world as they have. My kids are growing up in a time when my older son, for example, goes to school with someone who is transgender. And I was talking about them and I messed up their pronouns while we were talking. I was like, oh, damn it. Oh, I hate when I do that. And he looks at me and he's like, well, you know, if you just say they and them, you're covered and it doesn't matter. And I was like, well, of course. Of course, if I use they, them, I'm covered. It, it, it's, it, it, of course, like, duh. And that's just the world that he's growing up in, like, and which is astonishing to me. And for me, as a, and I don't usually talk on my podcast or talk professionally about being a parent. I sort of see my, my raising of children as something separate that I do from my, from my job. As a parent, pride means that I will be as ferocious as I can to protect my children's and their friends' ability to grow up in a world where they are safe and respected and protected so that they can be who they are and grow up in a world where then their children will be in a world that's even more accepting. Because I mean, I'm, I'm 45, so I, or I'm almost 45. I grew up in the AIDS crisis and I grew up during the end of the gay rights movement and I grew up seeing people come out and having it be like a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Ellen came out. It was on the cover of seven magazines. And now it's like, I'm gay and gay. Sure, that works. All right. And if my children are growing up in a world where it's okay and it's more accepted and it's more it's more safe for them to be who they are, then my job is to make sure that that continues for their children as long as I possibly can. And I'm also... To borrow Max's dual definition, I'm very proud of who they are, and I'm proud of their friends, and I'm proud of the community that they live within. Best parent. I I get you a best parent. (laughs) So, again, thank you so much for being here, for having Max come and talk to us. Remind folks how they can find your show and your website. Oh, I'm not on the internet at all. What are you talking about? (laughs) 
So you can find me anytime at smartbitchestrashybooks.com. And my show is Smart Podcast Trashy Books, which is in its 10th year. And like a certain big gay fiction podcast was part of Oprah's top podcast to listen to when you're not reading books. Go us. Yes, we were. And we are part of the Frolic Podcast Network. We are. Yes, it's true. Yay. Well, again, thank you so much. Hope you have a great Pride Month. And we will see you on the interwebs. And I am very, very proud of you and Will. Look at what you have built. I'm so proud of you guys. Please go. Well, thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this special Pride Month bonus episode. This year, finding ways to celebrate Pride is undoubtedly a challenge, but it is one that we can undertake with passion, creativity, and an open heart. However you celebrate this year, we hope that you'll consider us part of your year-round Pride family. Thank you so much for listening. For a complete rundown of this month's bonus content, go to biggayfictionpodcast.com slash pride2020. Big Gay Fiction Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more shows you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. New episodes of this show are available every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. You can help support this show with a monthly pledge through Patreon. For more information about joining our community and the bonus content we deliver, check out patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. I'm Kurt Graves. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.